Where are you from? Okay, so I'm, I was originally from Texas and moved away and grew up in Oregon and then moved back to Texas maybe 10 or 11 years ago and, and living in Austin. What's that like? I love it. It's, uh, it's you know, big, big on the music scene. Um, lots of culture. People appreciate live music. It's Unfortunately, it's getting a little bit inundated with cover bands and not that there's not a place for cover bands, but, you know, we do all original stuff. And so it's a little bit hard to break through that whole world. Um, but I love it as a city and the weather's great and the people are cool and it's a good place. That's awesome because I am not well traveled. So I love hearing <laughs> these stories. Yeah, Austin's a, Austin's a great place. It's a good place to check out for sure. Who inspired your start? Oh, man. So, well, kind of I'll give you the little bit of the backstory of how I got into music and all that. So I actually I taught myself trumpet when I was a kid because I grew up super poor, like welfare and food stamps and all that. And I, I, I knew I wasn't going to have money for college. So in like fifth grade, I was like, I'm going to teach myself an instrument. So the only thing that was left was a trumpet that the band had, you know, school instruments. So I was like, oh, well, that'll do. So I started teaching myself the trumpet and then ended up putting myself through college on scholarship. Um, and then got close to the end of college and was like, well, crap, I, I don't know how I'm going to make money as a trumpet player. And so did a whole big pivot, even though music was where my heart was. Um, so went into a pre-med actually, and then ended up going off into the world and starting a company and doing a whole another side thing. Um, but came back to music a couple of years ago because I just always, always felt like I wanted to learn how to write a song and I had no idea how to do any of that. So I was like, I'm going to, and I had all this, I had just lost my dad to cancer a few years before. And I just kind of had stuff that was in me that needed to come out. And, uh, so I bought a guitar and I taught myself one chord and I learned to play a song and I wrote a song, you know, all with this one chord. And uh, that's kind of what got me back into it because then I loved it and I just couldn't stop. And so here we are a couple of years later and got a billion songs, just loved it. What did you want to do before you started singing? Oh man, well, I really, when I got, <laughs> when I got back into music, I really wanted to just be a drummer because early days, when I was uh, teaching myself trumpet, I really wanted to pay the, play the drums. But back in fifth grade, all they'll give you is one of those little plastic drum pads, mm -hmm. practice pads. Mm -hmm. They're like, we're never gonna let fifth graders just bang on a big drum kit, right? <laughs> and so we spent the first six or eight months with this little drum pad and I was like, screw this. I want something that makes some real noise. You know? Oh yeah. So I ended up switching. But when I got back into music a couple of years ago, the first thing I actually bought before even the guitar was a drum kit because I was like, I'm just gonna teach myself drums. And so I've been playing drums since I started a few years ago too. And I think, you know, I enjoy writing music so much that that's what brought in the singing and the, the guitar playing piece. But if I could just kind of wave my magic wand and say, you know, what else could I be in the world? It would actually be a drummer because <laughs> I just love the drums. I was just thinking <laughs> I would love to see you kind of let loose in like a guitar center. It's so fun. Have you locked up in like one of yes. those giant plastic cages that's <laughs> yes. in the back? You know, I think they actually have signs now where it's like, please don't beat the shit out of our drums. Right. <laughs> right. You see kids in there all the time that are doing that. They're like, I just want to play on this nice kit, you know, and right. So I yes, yes. <laughs> I, well, I, I, I started on the drum pad and then the, uh, the one other instrument that they had available was a trombone. So I actually went to trombone before the trumpet, but my arms turns out are really unnaturally short, like little T-Rex arms. So I couldn't reach any of the, the end positions. So I couldn't do the trombone. So ended up, they said, oh, we've got this little dented up trumpet. Why don't you take this? And that's how I ended up on trumpet. I know I tried to do um, uh, violin. My hair kept getting caught in the pegs and I thought, well, that Violin is so hard. Yeah. I love violin and I can't even imagine. That's one of the hardest things in that thing. I but... tried so hard, but then my hair kept getting caught. So I was like, <laughs> this is hard. <laughs>
That's a great reason. You're like, I'll take something else besides. Do you play something? Um, so tambourine. Great. I was I was playing tambourine in the church orchestra. I joined my dad you in the jamboree. You come sit in with us sometime on the tambourine. We always can use a tambourine player. I love tambourine. Me I too. I wish I had an extra hand to just play the tambourine because I think it adds so much, actually. You know, an extra arm or two would go really right? well with this outfit. Right, 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 <laughs> right, totally. <laughs> so functional, too. Right? <laughs> think of all the stuff you could do. I, I could be a really mediocre drummer, really mediocre guitar player with even more hands. <laughs> <laughs> you could, you could simultaneously pick on your bandmates. That's right. Yes. yes. <laughs> All right. So I'm about to go real William Miller right now. Okay. It's like, what helps shape your songs? Do you need to be sad to write a sad song? Do you need to be in love to write a love song? It's a really good question, actually. Uh, I don't think enough people ask about the writing process when you're talking to songwriters because it's a it's such a personal thing, and I I don't know that I have kind of a method necessarily. Um, I'm a I'm really, despite the fact that I can be a forced extrovert and I can go do the whole thing, I'm really an introvert by nature and I, I enjoy my time alone and, you know, it's fun to go out and interact with people, but it's also, it's exhausting. So I get back to my house at night and I'm just, I'm so tired after shows. Um, and so I think always being an introvert as a kid, I was just very observational about the world. And I think that that's what is such a good fit with songwriting is I just, I look at people and I kind of think of stories in my mind about what they might be doing with their life or I see something and it just inspires you know some kind of storyline or narrative and I think the imagination piece comes from just being just observing the world and so I think that's mostly where my my songwriting stuff comes from and I do think to an extent yes it's hard to write a sad song if you're happy and vice versa. I mean, there's these little memes out there about songwriters like getting out of happy, great relationships because that's ruining their music career, you know, <laughs> to be at peace with the world. Um, so, but I, I, I do think when I first started writing, like I said, I lost my, my dad to cancer. Um, you and I had talked offline about Lie to Me, that, that song's about my dad. Um, and it's one of my favorite songs, even though it's really hard for me to sing because I, you know, I cry when I sing it. But it was one of the reasons that I got into songwriting because I just had all this emotion that I felt like I needed to get out in some way. And so I do think that my favorite songs, probably I, I write them when I'm feeling one of those emotions that you mentioned in some strong way, you know, whatever that is. And I kind of try to harness it and say, OK, I'm feeling sad, but maybe this is going to lead to you know, a great song or something that someone else is going to connect with. So you don't forget what you're feeling. Yeah, it's so good to have emotions. You know, I just think. We don't want to run away from sadness or fear, or, you know, any of those things, because you can take them and look at them and kind of shape them and they make you who you are if you don't try to suppress it all, you know? So I think that that sort of, yeah, that sort of guides my songwriting. It's just, you know, where it, where am I in my life right now? And let me use that. I am writing more rock songs now than I used to. I think I'm in, I'm, I'm pretty happy. I've got a lot of, you know, stars aligned right now in my life. I've got some good stuff going on. And so I think, um, I don't know, that's sort of leading me down the rock and roll path, which is, has been a lot of fun. I, uh, I was telling my dad, who's like my roadie guy, um, I was like, yeah, it's like if I could if I could sum Annie up in like two words, it'd be like if Joan Jett and Loretta Lynn had a baby. <laughs> I love that. Like that's, I need that quote on my website. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I had somebody tell me one time that you're like you're you're a mix of uh Cheryl Crow and Kid Rock. And I was like, that's great. I love it. You know, I can feel like, that too. Right. Yeah. Right. It's just a. I like that dichotomy. And I think that that's one thing that's both challenging and cool is that I, I sometimes feel like we don't have a real genre, right? Cause mm -hmm. it's, it's probably, I always call it rock and roll with a country soul because I think it's, 
got the songwriting bones of country and kind of the way I sing is got a little country twang to it. But, oh yeah. You know, the, the songs are kind of based in rock and rock and even a little bit of blues. Um, but I think it makes it hard to find your audience. Cause you're like, well, it's, it's really, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on and maybe people like one part of it, but they don't like the other. Um, but also for me, it's really important to stay genuine and authentic to what I want to write about. And I, and I just, I like a lot of kinds of music. And so mm -hmm. I, I tend to write some acoustic and some rock and roll and, you know, some punk and whatever. I wrote a rap song recently, which is super dirty, but it's going to be really fun. I'm going to have to hear like, that, ma'am. Well, it'll, <laughs> it'll be on the first album for sure. <laughs> yeah, it'll be good. Right. So, Speaking of which, what do you want to say about your new album coming out? Yes, I'm so excited. So I just came back from the studio in Arizona where, I, um, so my, my second tune was nuclear meltdown that you and I've talked about. And that's uh, the guys that helped me with that song that played drums and guitar and stuff, helped me produce it. They, they came back and we all reconvened for this next full album. And so I just got back from the studio tracking vocals for that one. So we've got a, a little bit left to do, but it should be out around the first of the year. And I'm really excited about it because it's going to be really good. I'm really excited about it too. And I can't wait to start plugging it going to be so great and playing all kinds of good stuff yes so, yeah Yay, yes. i'm so excited for me that too. me too running's one of my favorites i get like you know eye of the tiger vibes and uh yeah oh and uh france ferdinand's like the fallen kind of oh, has, cool. has that kicky beat yeah like if you played it back to back yeah it would, i like that that's a good comparison uh, i like that yeah. it's uh that tune so when i said i i learned to write music and wrote that song with the one chord that's running and so that tune, I wrote that on the, on the guitar, which is the one chord. And I wanted then, I was like, well, I kind of like this song. I feel like that we should maybe, you know, produce this up and, and put it out there. And I also wanted to learn what that process was like, because I didn't know anything about what happened in the studio. I was like, okay, you write a song, then what, you know? So I went to this teaching studio called Eastside Music in Austin. And there's this great guy, Austin Sisler, that works there. And he and I worked together so I could learn how do you produce a song? How do you, you know, what is involved in mixing and mastering? And then how do you put it out on Spotify and do all that stuff? And so I did all of that stuff with Runnin'. And even though it's, you know, it's it was my first song, so you can feel some, you know, you can hear some growth, I think, in my songwriting after that tune. But I just don't really like it, even though it was the, you know, freshman attempt at a, at a songwriting. Um, but I love it. And I love that it's one chord. I think that's a cool thing about it. Yeah, that's actually, that, that's really impressive. Not a lot of people can it's, do that. It's neat. It was, it's cool. I don't know that I could do it now, you know, but when I was new, I was like, well, this is all I can play. So this is what I got to work with. <laughs> it, it means the Lord gave you a start. Yeah. It was, great. <laughs> it was, it was like, great. here's one chord. <laughs> that's right. Take it and grow. It. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was good though. I, I do, I like running too. I still listen to that song sometimes when I'm working out because it's got a good beat for that. Nuclear Meltdown and Juliet are fan favorites on my show. Can you talk a little bit about those? Yeah, so Nuclear Meltdown was the second song that I wrote, um, or at least the second song that I was like, oh, I should put this one out there. And that was that team in Arizona. And I think it turned out so good. It was, that one was, um, when I wrote that song, it was messy. It was just kind of this idea and it, it morphed into some into what it is now in the studio because those guys were so great. It kind of, all right, let's break this one down and kind of rework it a little bit till it makes sense. It didn't have a really strong chorus at the time and we fixed some stuff together and it was just a cool experience to get to go through all that pre-production on it. So I'm really happy with that one, turn, how that one turned out. And I, I, I really like it a lot too. They play that one on the radio in, the, in Austin um, a fair amount too. So yeah, that was Nuclear Meltdown. And then Juliet, 
I don't know what to say about Juliet. I, it's a song about a prostitute. So it's a song about a small town prostitute. And I don't know why I wrote it. I don't know what inspired it, but I remember sitting down in my studio one day and cranking it out in like an hour and it just, it just came. And so I was like, okay, this is, this is cool. I really like it. And I ran it by a couple of people and they're like, yeah, we like this song. And so then I was like, all right, let's go to the studio. So I actually recorded that one in Nashville and some guys that play on that song are uh, the, like the the keys player from the Wallflowers, the bass player from the Wallflowers. Yes, really? Some, yeah, some really really big time guys played oh on that God. that song, and that's Jacob why. Jacob Dylan. Yeah, ah! yeah. So I'm just <laughs> the keyboard solo on that song is so yes. cool because uh, Jimmy Wallace plays on it. He's amazing. So anyway, I that, I think that song came out pretty good too. Like oh it. yeah, it's, it's one like, of my favorites to play live. It's your fancy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <exactly. laughs> right. 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 I love fancy. it so much. Love you, love you back strikes me as a love letter. It reminds me of June Carter Cash, actually, yeah. and uh, I gotta hear what inspired that. You know, that's probably. I don't know about now. I'd have to think about think through my Rolodex. But when I wrote that song, that was my only love song, and what it was kind of about is this. You know, when you love people that are hard to love, but you love them anyway, and then you just kind of accept them for who they are and say, you know what, you might not be everything that I think you could be, but I still love you just for who you are, just the way you are. And I think that that's what's behind that song. I don't write a lot of love songs because it just, I don't know, it's not my jam. I just write a lot about hookers and blow and like, you know, other things. And so I just, I feel like there's so many good love songs out there. It just seems like not my genre. But... I love how casually you just say, yeah, hookers I mean, and it's blow. Just, it's just, so I think, um, but, I, but, but love you, love you back is a fun song and I like it too, because it's different. Just, you know, the fact that it's a love song and it's, it's got a cool groove and yeah, I like it. I like that song. So, so good. <laughs> Thank you. You're the 2023 CMA artist of the year. Got to tell me about that. Yeah. I just got my award actually. So the CMA of Texas is, uh, you know, country music association that, uh, is, is Texas based. And it's a, it was an awesome group of people. We went to this big awards ceremony at the cactus theater in Lubbock and they honored the people that had won a few awards. And then, uh, we got to play two songs, uh, during the show. So anybody who was receiving an award got, got to play two songs. And it was this group of, you know, this is the country music association. So we're talking about, there's a lot of old timers and people that are just, you know, they're, they're, they're thinking, Willie and Waylon and like old school country stuff. And so we get up there and I was, I was the Americana artist of the year is what the award was. And, uh, <laughs> I don't, this was a new category this year and Americana is sort of rooted in Texas and it's meant, it's kind of a conglomeration of rock and country and blues and folk and like all the things. So it's, it, it definitely fits the kind of music that we play, but I don't know that everybody in that theater or was ready to hear the tunes that we, so we played, we ended up playing a, a cover of Drift Away because that will be on that, our next album too. And it's a, it's a it's, nice safe it's, one. Yeah, it's very safe. You know, people <laughs> like it and we're like, wait, but then I was, I had nuclear meltdown all, all queued up and I was ready to do it. And then at the last minute on the way to the theater, I told the boys, my band, I was like, listen guys, I think we should do Bama. <laughs> and that's that last song that we just played uh, here at the show. And uh, and it is, it's got some cursing in it, but it's the best song that we have, I think. I mean, maybe not, maybe not the best song we have, but the, it's a crowd crowd favorite. And so it's it's just all about, you it's know. It's rock, Texas, yeah, it's man. A, it's a, yeah, 
and it's, so you guys haven't heard that song yet, but that one will be on this next album, and it's all about put your, putting your love in the mother effing tip jar. Basically, <laughs> is, is the line, and it's just one of those songs that goes over very well with crowds. But this particular crowd, like I said, it was a very polarizing choice to play that song because we had some people that were just loved it, and then some people that walked out and were like, "We can't understand why you let something like that be played in this place." So it felt like one of those moves, though, where you know they might love us or hate us, but they're gonna remember us and that's probably the best thing we could have done that night leave a pint of blood on the stage and just let them know who you are that's right right yeah like they will remember trashy annie whether they liked us or didn't and i think that that was the move we were yeah that was that was the right move for this band because at the at my heart i love rock and roll you know Absolutely. and that song is fun and sorry it's got some swear words in it you know diamonds and dirt that's all i got I- I love that. that. So yeah, so that's that was the the award ceremony, and it was amazing, and yeah, super super honored. Did the award show that you went to did that differ from the one that they put up on TV? Because for some reason, I pictured you in like this like gala gown. (laughs) Well, there were people that wore that, right? So there were it was it was very cool. It was at this old historic theater. They brought each act up that got an award and announced them and talked to them and gave them their their plaque and their trophy and all that stuff. And then we got to play each act played a couple tunes. Um, so yeah, it was a miniature version of something like that. Now, because I'm me, you know, I didn't wear the thing I wore with this really sparkly bra that looks like it should be on a belly dancer. And then this white skirt and my combat boots and my Daniel Boone hat. So that's what I wore. <laughs> no, no, that's so some people definitely dressed up with those sparkly gowns, but I don't even own one of those. So that's where we are. <laughs> what, what, what was it somebody said about Madonna? Who is she and why is she so unusual? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> That was that was the move for sure. It was it was a lot of fun. We were definitely I went in there and I was like, this is me, you know, whether you like it or, or don't like it, this is who I am. And so it was great. It worked. And out that right. is what I love about you. <laughs> and that is just one of the things I love about playing your songs too. Cause like not only is it uplifting for me, but I bet a lot of my listeners get a lot out of it. Well, I appreciate you saying that. I actually one of the messages I got on Facebook one time when I started writing music and had put a couple of uh, tunes on, I think, YouTube. And I got this message that said, your songs make me feel less alone. And I'll never forget that because that's why we do this stuff. Like, it gives me goosebumps to even think about it because somebody that I don't know and who knows what part of the world heard something that I wrote and felt connected to me and it made them feel something. And that was such a big deal. So I think that's that's why I write music, you know, for that human connection aspect. Absolutely. That's why I like reporting about it. I get it out there. Yes. Right. Right. Absolutely. See, tag team. Yes. What's your favorite venue you've ever played? Ooh, you know, I I gotta say, I've played a couple of really cool ones. My favorite. You can pick two. That's cool. I'll pick two. My favorite in Texas is Sam's Burger Joint in San Antonio. Ooh. And it's a music venue. So they've got this restaurant that makes these killer burgers and stuff. But next door to the restaurant, they've got this big old music venue. And it's just, it's got this killer stage and sound system and great lighting and great sound guy. And it's just a really fun place. And it was one of the first places I went when I moved to Texas to see a show. And I'm a, I am I do a lot of um, swing dancing, Lindy Hop, that kind of stuff. <gasps> ah, that's yeah, awesome. super fun. And so I went there to see a band and did all, and so I would go on occasion for these dance events. And so then when we got to play on that stage, I was like, oh my God, I've seen some of my favorite Texas bands here. So I love that one for that reason. Um, but I got to tell you, the first one that comes into my mind actually is uh, 
is Corks in Bluffton because we came out here for the first time ever in January. Uh, was it this year? Was it last year? I think it was this year. Uh, and we played, um, oh, it must've been last year. I don't even know. Everything's running together. Anyway. So we came out in January and played at Corks, uh, over in the promenade mm -hmm. and, uh, Man, we had 250 people show up and cram into that place all sweaty. And that is a shack. It, right. <laughs> right. And it was so fun. People are lined up on the street. They can't get in. But they had a great stage and the lighting was great. And the people were so nice. And everybody was just partying. And we'd never been out of, outside of Texas. So to have that kind of a response and all these great people, we had so much fun. Yeah, so Lori and I the gang, they, they take care of everybody. They do. It's such a good venue. And so they're moving. We were supposed to play there tonight, but their their uh, permits being held up. So when we're really excited to play the new, the new venue and see how that looks. Because they did say that they're going to make it um, just super music focused because they used to have the, you know, they had the restaurant attached to. And so Anyway, they're, um, yeah, I love it. I love that place. So I'm excited to, to check out the new. Oh, one more too. We actually also really love the Tybee Post Theater. That place is great. Have you been there? I haven't. Oh my God. You got to come next time we play, which we will play something next summer there. It's, it's an old historic theater that they used to use for some kind of military training, like way back in the day. And it's just this beautiful theater with this amazing sound system. And it's right on Tybee Island along the ocean over there. It's amazing. Tybee Post Theater. I love that place. At least yeah. I, I love hearing about it. Yeah, I know you'll you'll you'd love it. It's a it's worth the drive. It's awesome. Is <laughs> is there any place you would dream of playing? Oh man, I mean, there's, you know, you you think about in the country world, like if you could play at the Grand Ole Opry someday, it just feels like a historic, uh, you know, a place that yeah. Even though it it's not it's not a place that you think of rock and roll bands going, it's still one of those places that just has so much history. I'd also love to play at ACL. You know, we've got just a, the Moody Theater um, in, in Austin, Texas. So we have the ACL Fest and then we've got the Moody Theater and all that stuff's connected with ACL. I used to watch Austin City Limits on on OPB, on like public television. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, you know, and they'd have the little stars in the background and all the things and it looked like they were just out in the, and I thought, because I was a little kid at the time, I was like, oh, they're actually out at the city limits, like sitting in a pasture playing. Right? You know, you had no idea there was a studio and all the things. Like, huh. Yeah, so I think that's also one that has a lot of just personal meaning that would be really cool to play someday. Absolutely. But I think there's so many places in this country and outside of this country that I'm just really excited to get touring. We've we've toured a little bit to the East Coast, um, as you know, since we're here. Um, but uh, but we haven't done a lot in the Northwest or the West Coast or sort of up north or any of that. So I'm really excited to just get out and explore the country. Oh yeah, yeah. Cruise the vistas, yep. as they said yep. on that '70s yep. show. <laughs> right, right, exactly. You could literally exactly. cruise the vistas. <laughs> yes, yes. So what's next on the horizon, Missy Ma'am? Yeah, so we're going to, so I'm actually taking, we get done with this tour and then we'll do a um, festival in Austin. And then after that's done, I'm taking November and December pretty much off. I've got a couple drum gigs, but other than that, for Trashy Annie stuff, I'm just, uh, I'm going to focus on getting the album ready to release and catching up on some of the stuff I haven't done, trying to write some new stuff too. Um, and then... Next year we'll be touring a bunch. And then the coolest thing as far as like the what's next deal is uh, I just got signed to Cleopatra Records, which is a record label out of California, a, a big indie label out of LA. And so I'm really excited about that because it'll be kind of a whole nother chapter and journey to explore for this next year. Excellent. Yes. Yes. We got good stuff going on. Uh, is there anything you'd like to tell your fans? Man, 
come to some live shows because we I, I think that that's such a big driver for me is to get get people to the live shows. There are a lot of reasons why people write music. You know, some people try to make money in one way or the other. Or they just want to have their stuff out on the streaming world or whatever. I, none of that stuff drives me. I love live shows. I love to meet the fans. I love to talk to people and hear their stories and, you know, understand what they like or don't like or, you know, why they even listen to our music. I love that stuff. I mean, we met such cool people today at this festival. So I think that to me, if I could ask one thing, it's, you know, come to a show and bring a friend, <laughs> you know, tell people about us because we're just having so much fun playing live and the more people, the better. And as we're new and emerging into this world and getting out in and touring in cities for the first time, you know, we need people, we need people at the shows and then they, they'll bring us back. It's just hard because coming out of COVID, it's a weird time for people. Right. You know, so like, it's like we all forgot how to human. Yeah, it is <laughs> like that. It, it feels very strange. I mean, in a lot of ways, I don't know, it worked OK because I started the band during COVID. So we had a lot of time. There weren't a lot of gigs going on. We got had a lot of time to refine our show. And I wrote a lot of music during the COVID time. Um, but now, you know, things are pretty much back to normal. And I would like to see live music get get a, the, you know, sort of. Um, get the boost that it needs because I don't think that's fully come back in the way that it was pre-COVID. So yeah, yeah. get out and get out and go to a show and, you know, support these poor musicians who've been struggling for two years just trying to make ends meet, right? Right. What was going on. Absolutely. That's so, right. Yeah. Get, get out and see Annie and the gang. Yes. Yes, yes. please. Yes, please. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with me. Oh my gosh. You're so welcome. I am so glad to have met you in person finally. And yeah, anything, uh, anytime that we can hang out i'm in because it was great. absolutely great 